this is Future Margaret here. This episode was originally recorded on January 22nd, and it is probably going to be going up closer to March 22nd due to a series of unfortunate events, including a dying cat and a broken elbow which required surgery. So we just want to note that as the episodes have gotten longer and our lives have gotten completely out of control, we are going to be switching officially to a once-a-month schedule, which will hopefully be more frequent than our current, when we actually manage to get the episode edited, schedule. So, enjoy us talking about writing goals at a time when it would have made a lot more sense for us to be doing that. <laughs> Welcome to These More Words, the podcast about writing and reading, because we're all stuck on something, and sometimes we need to actually hit the record button. I'm Margaret. And I'm Vicky. And today we are taking a look at our writing goals from last year and how well those did or didn't work out, and in our infinite optimisticness, setting some more for this year. But before we do that, we're going to talk about what we're writing and reading. So Vicky, what have you been writing? I actually have done a little bit of writing. Yay! Not not a whole lot, but a little bit. So I decided that just as a way to get myself back into writing that I would start by writing a short story. So I started a new story uh, that's set in the same urban fantasy world that I've written other things in, in this world where basically it's a world where humans and supernatural creatures are you know live together and it's known and supernatural creatures often wear masks that make them look like they're human in this case I've got a mermaid who is just fairly new to this world and is going to fall in love and it's going to be fun and cute I I, theoretically I started this for the the first lines that uh literary magazine but the deadline for this first line is, I believe, February 1st. And I think it's a little too close for me to actually hit it. But there is a magazine called Mermaid Monthly that exists. So <laughs> when I do finish it, there will be somewhere else to submit it to. Well, there you go. Yes, I only just brief, uh, just discovered this actually talking with a friend in, uh, who I know from one of the uh, Mary Robinette Slack, who is also writing a mermaid story to and wants to submit to this same mermaid monthly so i'm like oh cool i have a new place to submit things to that is a very niche market i mean when you know what you like you know what you like and uh mermaids it's good also very easy to know whether your story is a good fit for it does it have a mermaid And then I've also, I haven't actually started this, but I'm planning to uh, pull out usability tests, which I wrote for NYC Midnight, uh, I think maybe 2020, possibly 2021, but I think it was 2020. Time has no meaning. Yeah, it's true. Uh, Because I've just found out that Uncanny is going to be opening to Flash subs in March. And I think usability test is one of the better short stories I've written for NYC Midnight. So I'm hoping that it might, you know, find a home there. And if not, there are other options I can start having it do the rounds. Yep. How about you? Yeah, so I'm plugging away on Flight of Caprice, which was this year's shameless space fantasy NaNoWriMo project. Mm-hmm. Jane has now discovered that the crew are rebels. Rebel scum. Yeah, it's good times. <laughs> I also wrote and posted a fanfic that is not 
technically sad. Shocking. You can do that? It is, in fact, the saddest thing I've ever written. Oh. But nothing in the story itself is sad. Well, there's talent. It's a very sweet little story where Hera and Bale are talking right at the beginning of Rogue One. Mm-hmm. And Hera asks Bale to be her her baby's hold father, aka godfather. And Bale keeps thinking about giving her advice about force sensitive children. But then he decides that they should really wait and see if the kid's even force sensitive before he invites awkward questions like, why do you know this? So, you know, nothing sad happens in the story. Yes, but it is inherently sad because it's Bale Organa in Rogue One. Yeah. He's about to die. Yeah, he's definitely... This is basically right before that scene where everyone in the theater is quietly begging Bale to go literally anywhere else. Alas, he cannot. Yeah, technically nothing sad happened to the story. Though Tess has also enabled me into a Bale Organa Lives AU. I'm shocked that this has not occurred to you before now, so. See, she gave, she, she knows the key aspect of giving me something that is really funny. Which in this case is Bale surviving because Palpatine in, implemented a bunch of extra checkpoints, which delayed his arrival back on Alderaan just enough. Good irony there. Palpatine has once again created a Bale Organa-sized problem. <laughs> but I have to finish the Kanan Lives AU because these are these need to be separate AUs. There are too many ripple effects. That's true. But yes, that's all. Te- that one's all Tess's fault. Yeah, we're blaming Tess a lot in the podcast these days. Well, a lot of things are her fault. That's true. Speaking of blaming Tess, what have you been reading? Uh, well, I, I don't think I can blame Tess for this one. I can blame you. So, yeah, but I blamed Tess, so. Okay, well, the blame game goes back and back. So, book you might have heard of, A Wizard's Guide to Defensive Baking by G. Kingfisher. Yes, I do believe I have heard of this book. Ah, so, for those who have forgotten, it is about 14-year-old Mona, who is a wizard who can control dough, and that is about it. And uh, suddenly... Her life is turned upside down when she finds a dead body on the bakery floor, as happens when one finds a dead body randomly on the bakery floor. And hijinks ensue, and uh, she's uh, not having a very good time. No, not so much. <laughs> so I uh, said, was you know, reading a couple of books, uh, including one I will talk about in a moment. But I had no fiction on the go. And so I was like, you know, what's something that's, you know, will be good, but also not, you know, maybe a faster read. And so this was a pretty good fit for that. And I'm really enjoying it. I'm thinking about halfway through now. I had hoped, to, I hope to finish it this weekend if I can uh, find the time. Yes, that, that is the trick. <laughs> yeah. And also, this will come up later, its cover is purple. Yay, purple covers. For reasons. <laughs> 
Yes. And then I'm also reading one of my nonfiction books I'm reading is Uncrowned Queen, The Life of Margaret Beaufort, Mother of the Tudors by Nicola Tallis, which is sumptuous biography of Lady Margaret Beaufort, who was the mother of King Henry VII of England, who is, I think, my favorite king. And she is just really awesome. Uh, So I'm still pretty early in the book. Right now, we're just the One, I've discovered that everyone is related to everyone else in the nobility, which I guess I knew, but also I I didn't realize some of the historical figures are like first cousins, (laughs) Uh, because of course they are. And uh, right now we're just in the period where we just keep switching out who's king today. Is it Edward IV or Henry VI? You decide. It's a fun time. Yes, Margaret Beaufort. (laughs) Who comes up constantly in Tudoriferous. Yes, Tudoriferous, uh, which is a, the, the uh, Rex Factor family of podcasts that just does figure, figures from the Tudor period who are not the king or queen. And they, their first episode was Margaret Beaufort, who was very appropriate because I think she has been referenced in every subsequent one because she was just that dominant figure in the reign of Henry VII. So it's very interesting. Uh, I also really appreciate that Nicola Tallis put a dramatis personae in the beginning of the book so I can look up and be like, wait, which which Buckingham is the Duke of Buckingham is this? Are we talking about? Because there were like a few of them. You know, someone dies and the title changes hands. It is a hereditary title. <laughs> yes. Uh, I mean, I also didn't realize until now that Duke of Somerset, who was a pretty big figure, this was Margaret's uncle. And like, of course, he was a Beaufort. Sure. Yeah, that makes. Why sense. wouldn't he be? So it's uh, definitely fun. People always, you know, point out that the the War of the Roses was a big inspiration for things like Game of Thrones. And I'm like, yes, except it has an ending. <laughs> so it's better. You know, we're gonna have to sort of counter for how long it's been since we last took the piss out of George R. R. Martin, too. Yeah, it's uh, not gonna be probably quite as frequent as the hair I mentioned, which. We've already done. <laughs> yeah. But hey, at least hopefully this episode, we don't need to have a war crimes tally. Hopefully. So what are you reading? Well, I'm trying to remember if it has war crimes in it. Of course you are. So I I just finished reading Star Wars Visions Ronin by Emma Mieko Kandon. So Star Wars Visions is a thing where Disney just took a bunch of anime studios and turned them loose on the galaxy far, far away with no obligation for them to actually stick to canon. Fun times. And Ronin is a novel that is part of that project. So it is not quite the usual Star Wars, it is a Japanese reimagining of the galaxy far, far away and the Jedi and the Sith written by a Japanese-American writer. And it was really interesting. I think I would have liked it more if I was more into the Jedi and Force lore. Mm-hmm. It's like, it did some really interesting stuff, but it's not the... It's kind of interesting stuff that I necessarily find the most interesting, though I did really like it. Uh, I did find there's such an em- there was such an emphasis on making our main character, who is a Ronin, 
super mysterious that I somehow sometimes felt like I wasn't connecting to him. Mm-hmm. But there was a badass old lady named Chie, and <laughs> worth the price of admission right there. And a couple of the other supported characters were also really cool, mostly the women. <laughs> yeah, badass old lady. There's Mar- Margaret's character type. I have a type, and I'm not going to deny it. <laughs> and the Ronin is not it. <laughs> but it is yeah. a really good book, and I definitely recommend it just as an interesting take on Star Wars, and it does tie into one of the shorts in in the Visions series. Yeah, sounds cool. I, I need to, as always, catch up on my Star Wars television viewing, though I'm still in the, should actually get back into the Clone Wars, but I'm still mad about the Mortis arc, so then I don't. Or you can just go right to Rebels. <laughs> I mean, I could do... I have considered just sitting down and watching more Rebels, but I really do want to finish Clone Wars first, so <sighs> there's too much stuff to watch and not enough time because, like, this thing, this this place expects me to work for them many hours of the week. Yeah, apparently you need to do that to get paid. <laughs> yeah, to pay for my Disney Plus subscription. I need to work, and I, then I can't watch my Disney Plus subscription. Yes, you need to finish Clone Wars so you can get to Rebels. And maybe sometimes you can be the one mentioning Harris and Dula. I have Probably mentioned not. her before. This is true. So I'm usually not the first, but I have mentioned her. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess that wraps up our opening section. So we will take a break and we'll be back with our main topic. Yay, main topic. So our main topic today is looking at our writing goals from last year and setting some new ones. But first, we're actually going to add something new this year, because both of us talked a bit in our last episode about wanting to try and get some more reading done this year. And as I was ruminating on various reading goals, I came up with the idea for a reading challenge. So now we're going to introduce the Needs More Words Rainbow Reading Challenge. Which apparently we're not allowed to call the Rainbow of Shame. No, we're not. There is no shame. This is fun and pretty and great. And we also can't call it Reading Rainbow because that would be that was taken. infringement. Yeah. So, it is, so the goal for this is to read eight books in 2022, one for each color of the rainbow. A color should be the main color or the most prominent color on a book's cover. And you get extra bragging rights if you read a book that also has the color in title. So initially we were uh, coming up with a post that we're going to put on our website because we're actually going to use our website for something. Speaking of goals. Yes. <laughs> and so we were listing out the colors and I started out with the traditional Roy G. Biv, but then realized as I was looking at that I don't know about everyone else, but I've always, you know, a little confused, but like, what is, you know, what's the difference between blue and indigo and indigo and violet and it just was kind of awkward to get books that would classify as indigo rather than violet. So instead, it is now uh, Roy G. <laughs> because we've switched out indigo and violet for purple and pink. Which are colors that book covers are. 
yes, easily identifiable covers. And it also was kind of annoying me that pink wasn't an option unless you wanted to combine pink and red, and which I guess you could do. But anyway, so yeah, so the idea is to read one of those, eight of those books. And so if you go to our website, we'll have the write-up. Uh, and then also for each color, we have come up with some books that we recommend that have a cover that is that color. Just as FYI, all of our colors, we're going off of the North American covers. So, you know, if yours, if, if you have a different cover available to you, that is fine. It's a different color. You can just use it for that color. We'll believe you. Yeah. And uh, so we'll also be doing this, of course, because it is fun. And I am almost done purple because of a Wizard's Guide to Defense Baking. Yeah. Ronan's cover was bl- black and gray, so... Yeah, all my other books I'm reading right now are black or white. So I only one of them will help me for this challenge. But uh, yeah, so uh, I said, feel free to, you know, go over to our website. Let us know if you are participating. Uh, also, I discovered we have a hashtag we'll use is going to be hashtag needs more rainbow. So we can post on there. And I'm actually really looking forward to the end of the year. If we've got people who've done the whole eight, because I think they would make a really nice picture together because you got all those bright, pretty colors. Yes. And on a side note, I have successfully read every single day in January. Ooh, good job. I have not, but that wasn't necessarily my goal, but I have, I've already finished a few books and um, once I get to finish the baking, I'll probably be back to being caught up with my Goodreads goal. Some of those days it was only like five minutes, but I did read. I mean, every little bit counts. Yes, I am trying to be more intentional in carving out time for reading, and so far it is working. That is good. So yes, just something something fun to do throughout the year. So we'll, you know, update as we go, as we uh, get some of these books or colors read for. And no doubt I'm going to end up periodically cursing that I have a feeling a lot of my shame pile has black covers. Yeah, yeah, black and white do not count. But if it is, say, a black cover with some prominent use of red that really pops, then that could count as red. Excellent. All right. So that kind of finishes our reading goals for the year, which is to finish that. So how about some writing goals? So we're going to start by looking at our goals from last year and how well or less than well they went. So, Vicki, how did you deal with continue writing at least one scene a week for Fortune Favors the Lord? What, what, what's Fortune Favors the Lord again? I don't remember. Um, I kind of said, yeah, I think I, I kind of struggled with this one still. I, my, my biggest problem is I always had problems with the heroine. I think I need to probably really rethink her in general. Uh, I just not, I'm not getting, I'm just not, she's just not working for me. I also got distracted by other things and yeah so yeah that that was an epic fail alas hopefully you did better on your first goal yeah so my first goal was to finish the first draft of kaya starwind is not your highness and i did in fact do that hey one of us has success yeah that was actually the fastest i've ever finished a nano project Flights of Caprice is not going to be breaking that record because I got a lot less done in November itself. But yes, I actually did finish Kaya Starwind 
even with having to go back and figure out where I left Felix. I mean, these things happen. Yeah, but that's what editing is for. That's why we don't shop around our first draft of anything. No, it is a bad idea. As any agent in the month of December will tell you. Yeah. Huh, so my next one was to write a first draft of one short story a month, which included anything for NYC Midnight. Uh, out of all my goals, because spoilers, none of my goals were successful, but this one was the the least failed. Because I definitely got a handful of stories written, not 12. I mean, I definitely got three for NYC Midnight, maybe more. I don't know, because they, again, time, who knows. And I had a few other things that I did finish. Well, you would have done the, sh- you did the short story challenge this year, didn't you? I don't, I don't even remember. Maybe I did. I wrote some, I, I don't know how, I have no idea how many stories I wrote in 2021. Uh, it was not 12 but it was not zero, so it was somewhere in between. I'm giving you points. Yeah. So yeah, I think you said it was it was a reasonably successful year, just not as successful as I had been hoping. So, but I still like that goal. So you will see that this goal actually uh, is going to be that again in 2022, hopefully with a bit more success. What was your next goal? I gave myself options on my next one, which was to either do a third draft of Beyond the Crab Bucket Nebula or a second draft of The Unchosen Ones, because I wasn't sure which project I wanted to actually try taking on next. So I wound up opting for the third draft of Beyond the Crab Bucket Nebula, which I did successfully do. Yeah, now now Margaret's making me feel bad. Yeah. (laughs) Shall I make you feel worse? Sure. And while I didn't write the second draft of The Unchosen Ones, I did manage to go through the entire first draft and make notes of what I need to change in the second draft. So I started in on that one as well. Uh, What am I even doing here? (laughs) Providing comedy. Oh, okay. That's good, at least. (laughs) Yeah. And this is why you should not compare yourself to other writers and their productivity. You should just, you know, try to do what is reasonable and achievable for yourself. Yes, because other people's stuff is completely irrelevant to whether or not you're getting your stuff done. (laughs) Yes, yes. Also, 2021 was a stupid year. It's true. It was. So yeah, my next goal, which again was a failure, but not a complete failure, was I was trying to submit one story for publication each month, did okay with this, uh, and even did get one uh, published. So yay, that's a big win. Obviously not a goal because that is not in my control, but the fact that I submitted it was under my control. And it wouldn't have gotten published if you didn't. (laughs) That is true. So so yeah, so I think I said I again I said I like this goal, so we're gonna keep up and try uh, to keep up with that, and also to uh, justify my duo tropes uh, subscription. Yes. Yeah, so I wound up cribbing that goal from you, and five is kind of like twelve, right? Yeah, yeah. It is not zero, so that's Indeed. good. And one of them did sell. Yay! Selling books or stories. Yes. Selling books will come later. Yes, submissions, 
didn't get quite as many done, but I got some done. And again, 2021 is a stupid year. It's true. And then there's the mutual goal. Yes, our mutual goal, which was to write a chapter of our collaboration each month uh, to theoretically have a first draft done in October. So that did not happen. Yeah, I, I wrote a chapter and a half. Say we both kind of I think got distracted by other things, and I mean when I when I came up with this idea, my you know, I always wanted to make sure that it didn't like take away from anything else that either of us wanted to do. So it is you know not understandable why it got backburnered a bit. Funny enough, I'm actually very excited about my chapter. I just haven't gotten back to it for some reason. Yeah, so. find the fu- I should go dig that file up because I was having great fun with making fun of the maple leaves. Yeah, and I also I, I also figure in, in that at least we did manage to achieve one thing, which was the collaboration part of it, where we both were equally ineffective. Yes, we, we stalled out at the exact same point. Yes, which may also have been one of the reasons why it got stalled, because had you finished that second chapter, I would have maybe been, you know, out of guilt. Doing it. <laughs> yes, maybe that was a bad thing. Too much collaboration. <laughs> So we will we will try again this year uh, to get to, I mean, to basically uh, remember that the collaboration existed. So because it is a new year and we can set new goals. Yes, but I think we're both starting by resetting an old goal. Yes, yes. So yeah, yes. Yeah. So submit at least one sort of publication each month. I mean, maybe maybe it should be more than submit. Tw- you know, have twelve submissions because like, I have to say it is a. Uh, we're recording on January 22nd, and I am not sure I'm going to get a submission in by the end of January. But if I do two in February, that yeah. is I mean, enough. I could always toss duties and customs at something that rejects fast. Well, we're going to send that to Uncanny. Well, there's a couple other markets I could send it to and still get it rejected in time to send it to Uncanny. That's true. So, I mean, last time I submitted to Fantasy and Science Fiction, it got rejected the next day, so... Yes, I at least have a solid plan to submit something in March. So there's me looking ahead, because I heard that a market that doesn't open very often will be open. There we go. And yeah, and so and honestly, actually, there also are two submissions that I made last year that I have to double should go in and actually look into and see if I ever got a response, because I should have gotten a response for both of them by now, I think. But uh, yeah. I've gotten my first rejection of the year. Ooh, good job. Yeah. And I'm on a Discord server where we're doing a race to rejection. Ooh, that sounds like fun. Yeah. Though there's one person who writes a lot of really, really short flash and he's kicking everyone's ass. Well, you know that this happens. Uh, so yes, I, I have to go through some of my other some of some of my other stories from uh NYC Midnight and stuff. The, st- the stuff that I have that is probably submittable. Uh, and if I just start I said, just, just need to get some more of my stories going around and getting their rejections and then maybe maybe finding a place that doesn't reject them. Yeah. And the nice thing with the rejection race is when you get the rejection, like rejection's never fun, but you do get to go, oh, get me the spreadsheet. I got a rejection. <laughs> I mean, rejection's part of the process. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. So we turn it into a thing to celebrate. Yeah. Yeah. So we're, we'll, we'll both be trying to... Uh, Get some get get things in going more. Get some more rejections and maybe get some acceptances yes. along the way. 
but we can never make acceptance as the goal because not in our hands. Mm-hmm. They're the wish. The submissions are the goal. Mm-hmm. So my next goal is actually a brand new one, which is just to, to make more write-ins. So I'm part of a few online groups and basically every week there's a, usually at least one write-in being run by one of them. Uh, sometimes more. Uh, though sometimes there are two write-ins at the same time because of course there are. That's just how it goes. So my goal is to try and uh, theoretically do one a week, if not at least on a more regular basis. I, I, so I have done a few. I, said, I, I attempt, well, I did one for sure this month and one I attempted to go, but then the organizer was busy and so wasn't actually there. But I was, I sat in the Zoom waiting room for like five minutes. There you go. And I wrote a few sentences while I waited. So I, I, I attended that write-in. It was a write-in of one, but I attended it. And things got written. <laughs> yes. So yes, it's just more also just, uh, again, I also more, you know, socializing and stuff like, a, you know, that's always good to, you know, talk with other writers, mm-hmm. not just on this podcast. Yeah, and sometimes it gives you people who make good rubber ducks. Mm-hmm. So what's your next goal for 2022? So looking kind of similar to last year, my goal, my next goal is to finish Flights of Caprice, which is the current nano project. Because mm-hmm. nano is useful for getting you some words, but it doesn't help unless you actually finish the story. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, so I am, as mentioned in our intro section, I am plugging away on that. So I feel pretty good about being able to pull this one off, assuming nothing completely derails me. Well, yeah, I mean, you at this point, you've got a pretty good track record for getting Nanos finished. Yeah, like Beyond the Cow Bucket Nebula, the first draft took me two years, but my schedule looks a lot better now. Mm-hmm. So, what are you aiming for? Uh, so this is basically the same goal again. It says you complete one draft. It doesn't matter if it's the first, second, or third of a short story each month. And just to say this will again include any NYC Midnight contests, because I'm definitely doing Flash this year. I don't think I'm going to do the short story. I don't like the short story competition as much. Well, that's good because it started last week. Yes, that's also true. So, so I you not can't do that. It. Yeah, I, I didn't end up signing up either. Yeah. Though I loved what I wrote for it last year. Well, that's good. But I'm never gonna I'm never gonna beat that prompt. Which one was that again? That was uh, a chemist. Oh yeah. A miracle and science fiction. Yeah, that was basically let's make a prompt specifically for Margaret. And yeah, I like the flash contest better because. You get you get the two guaranteed rounds, and that's nice. Yeah, As I mean the, the short story. The big thing it has going for it is that the word count is bigger, so yes. you can write a little more in depth. But anyway, and then also, uh, so this year, Furious Fiction, which is the Australian writers group or something, their contest, they have switched up. It used to be that they happened every month. But I guess I'm assuming because they were just getting so many submissions, they've now switched to a quarterly contest. And so, like, you know, if it's only four times a year, 
I really should write something for it. So that's part of my goal is going to be actually writing for each jurisdiction, unless like the weekend it comes up because it's the first weekend of the month. And if I'm, you know, doing something absurdly busy, then that's, I can skip it, but I will try to do all four of them. So that will get me, I think March is the first one, I believe. So I think it's every, every third month they are running it. Good goal. And you know, that, that, if I can get all four, then that is four out of my 12. That's a good chunk. And then you'll get at least two from NYC Midnight Flash. Ah, so there's six done. And, uh, I can, and, and if I edit six of my existing stories, there's 12. This feels like an attainable goal. And what is your next writing goal? Yeah, so the next one, kind of pulling from last year since I opted for the third draft of Crab Bucket. And because I have all these lovely notes, I need to write that second draft of The Unchosen Ones. And I'm actually really excited because I'm adding all this neat world building about language and social class. And I think it's going to really flesh it out. So I'm excited to get to play around with that. And you have to, and you're, you're adding another point of view throughout that? Yes. Yes. I'm adding the point of view that I added at the 70,000 word mark. Though mm-hmm. I had already realized I wanted to give that character point of view because I was kind of developing a subplot about a goblin uprising. Mm-hmm. And therefore the goblin kind of needed point of view. That would make the goblin plot work a little better with a goblin to tell it. She will be becoming a point of view character and I really like her. So yeah. All right. And then we both need to remember our collaboration exists. <laughs> Yes, yes. So, you know, we'll both try to get back to those those second chapters from our various perspectives and then uh, see where we go from there. Because we have we have all of Act 1 pretty well outlined. So we should be able to at least, you know, get that moving. And I'm excited because I really get extra fun with the collaboration is, or last time was actually reading your chapter and be like, oh, yeah, this is really cool. And seeing, you know, you know, making suggestions or seeing things that I could tie into on my side of things. So, yeah, it should be really interesting. I'm I'm looking forward to doing all of these goals, and even if I don't succeed in all of them, I at least would like to do better than last year. <laughs> well, that's all any of us can ask for in life right now. That is true. So, uh, let's hope that 2022 ends with a happily ever after. Ooh, yes. Happy Ever After of Achieving Goals. And this episode will end with a Happy Ever After as well after this quick break. Music, music, music. Music! So that brings us to our AGA, or Happily Ever After, where we talk about what's making us happy right now. So Vicki, what's making you happy? So this year, one of my uh, non-writing goals that I decided was I was going to try once again to uh, use the app Duolingo, which is a language app. So I am working mainly on my French skills, and I'm currently on, I believe, a 22-day streak. 
Um, yes, because it is January 22nd and I started it on January 1st. Uh, I actually decided as an added motivation that I've actually gone and gotten the Duolingo Plus subscription because if I spend money on it, I, that gives me added incentive to actually do it. That makes sense to me. I have been sticking with the free version, but... Plus, the ad, I mean, I didn't mind the ads too much, but they were kind of annoying sometimes. And actually, like, the, some of the plus features are pretty cool. So, so far, I, I think it's been worth it. I also just recently decided to start adding in Japanese as well, uh, though I mostly with my Japanese is rustier than I realized. So I'm right now basically focused on improving my French. My French is bad. And I live in Canada, and French is actually a useful skill where Japanese is really not as useful in my daily life. It's just fun. It's fun. So, I, But with the Japanese, I am basically just trying to master hiragana again, because I realized I have forgotten almost all of it, except for the symbol for no, because that is my favorite word in Japan, in Japanese, because it's a really nice little symbol, and it's in a lot of things, and I know what it means. And it's also, I found a, a very useful symbol for deciding, is that writing... Chinese or Japanese. If there is hiragana for no, it's obviously Japanese. Yeah, I've been doing Spanish and I actually also started going back to the Japanese, though I apparently I, I did a fairly decent job of internalizing the hiragana. Yeah, I tried to do like the te- the the test where you figure out your level and quickly was like, nope, I need to do this as a beginner because <laughs> I have not I have lost most of it. My katakana are a lot rustier. Also, fair warning, they throw kanji at you fast. Yeah. Well, I actually have retained a little bit of kanji. Maybe only that I can write Japan in kanji. Uh, Actually, that might be it. Maybe I know two characters still. But I know two characters still. I still remember how to write Tanaka. Hmm. I also remember Ashita. Because Ashita is the greatest symbol. Because it's literally, Ashita means tomorrow. And the symbol, the, the kanji for it is literally sun, moon, sun. And I like that. So I remember the sun, I remember moon, I remember land. Yeah, and I've noticed they've improved the course a bit from the last time I tried the Japanese course. For a while, it was throw kanji at you. And it would throw them at you in a way where you wound up knowing what it means, but not how to say it. Mm. so they've improved on that a bit yeah well I said I've done both French and Japanese off and on throughout the years I think both courses have gotten better so I actually really like the stories that they've added where you just like where it's just a kind of a almost an audio little a little audio play that you get to listen to and it just you'll actually hear conversational French someone done the French when I assume they exist in the Japanese class as well but the last one I did was very unsettling because Eddie was talking about how he felt sick but still wanted to go on his date. Oh, no, Eddie, don't do it. <laughs> they eventually convinced him to go to a doctor instead. But yeah, that plays differently than when they wrote that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yes, Duolingo, has been, there's a few apps out there to learn language, and that, but Duolingo is the one I've just used most. And it, it's it makes it fun and... Uh, yeah, so I really am enjoying it, and I hope to keep my streak going, and not just because I have the plus ability to maintain a streak even if I miss a day. Yeah, I'm on a 162-day streak, I think. Ooh, 
good job. So I'll need to go do that after we've finished recording. <laughs> All right. Yes, I've been at least every morning. I'm like, okay, just just at least bash out one lesson just to keep the streak going. And then sometimes if I'm sitting, you know, if I'm bored, I'll just sit down and just, it's, it's fun. So I will just sit down and do it as entertainment. Yeah, I get notifications that you're just blazing through lessons. Yeah, what also helps that some some of the, every now and then with the French, because I do have a decent French, that I would be like, okay, I know all of this. Let's zoom through it. I can keep going. I'm not hitting. Most most of my times I fail in French are because I've made sloppy mistakes. I wasn't paying attention to gender because gender nouns are dumb. Or because I just happened, oh, I just misspelled something and it, and it wasn't forgiving about it. Anyway, what are you happy about? So I watched Encanto recently, which is the latest Disney movie. And this means that like everybody else, I have, we don't talk about Bruno stuck in my head. Yeah, I have not watched it yet. Uh, It's definitely on my list. I just haven't been in the right mood for it yet I guess I also realized that I should like watch a trailer for because I have no idea what it's about so it's about a family well okay I knew that yeah, it, was, it was it's kind of nice watching a Disney movie where it all the emphasis really is on the family dynamic <laughs> yeah it does it is cool I said Marvel her only heard good things about it the tick uh, TikTok in particular has been very, very, very enthusiastic about Encanto. Yeah, the, the music is great. Mm-hmm. And yes, it's Lynn Manuel Miranda. Of course it is. I am not going to be getting We Don't Talk About Bruno out of my head anytime soon. <laughs> well, I said, I, I will have to I say it's definitely high on my list when I'm in the mood for animated family fun, I guess. I watched it as a, as a Saturday evening thing a couple of weeks back. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've actually said what I think I'm trying to do is I'm, I'm trying to do a, a Friday night movie night, unless I have something better to do on Friday night, which normally I do not. So uh, I did that, but uh, I did uh, Together Together last night, uh, which was fun. It was a good, good movie. I'm kind of, but the ending of that movie is going to stick with me. I'm kind of annoyed at it, but in a good way, I guess. <laughs> it was an effective ending. It was just a, no, you can't end there. I want to know more. A very rude of them. Yeah, very, very rude ending, but it was cute. Do you re- recommend checking that out? Uh, and it's on Crave now, so it was easy to watch. But yes, Encanto is a nice, actually happy HEA. <laughs> Both of ours were happy, and there were no war crimes to be found. Yeah, we we actually got through with very minimal war crimes this episode. Yeah. Yep, Tally is probably at three now, and we will not say the word again, so we will leave it at that. Now, mind you, my shame pile does contain other books that Tess wrecked, so. Yeah, it'll it'll come back, but maybe with that little less prevalence. (laughs) That was a weird theme. Yeah. Anyway. Hopefully you're still with us anyway. Uh, so thank you for listening. Uh, as always, if you want to support us, we are on Ko-Fi. It's ko-fi.com slash podcast. 
We have a website, needsmorewords.com, that will have information about our reading challenge. So please share with us there if you are participating. I'm, and if, also, if you have other books to recommend for the various colors, that would be great. And then we're also on Twitter at Needs More Words because we picked a good title and we're able to get it lots of places. So thank you all for listening and we will talk to you in a couple weeks. Bye. Needs More Words is hosted by Vicki Martin and Margaret Hansen. This episode was edited by Margaret Hansen. You can listen to our show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Also be sure to follow us on Twitter at Needs More Words.